Welcome to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This is episode number 48, The Carrollton Bus Collision. Hey everyone, welcome back to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This week's episode is all about the Carrollton Bus Collision, which is one of the deadliest bus crashes in U.S. history. It's also very tragic, and it does involve the deaths of young children. So if that's something that you are not comfortable hearing about, this might not be the episode for you. You might want to skip it. My only announcement for this week is please remember to rate, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps the show out, and it helps others find the show. And thank you for your support. I really appreciate each and every one of you, and I'm really glad to be back podcasting because I really missed it and I missed all of you. So with no more announcements, let's just get right into the case. On May 14, 1988, a group of mostly teenagers, some younger children, and three adult chaperones and one adult bus driver got into a church bus and they were from the Assembly of God Church in Radcliffe, Kentucky. They went to the Kings Island theme park, which is a theme park that was in Mason, Ohio, which was about 170 miles from where they were. This was attended by church members, the kids, and also some of them invited their friends as guests. Of course, this was a fun field trip, so everyone wanted to be a part of it, so some kids were left out of this. The church's pastor did not join the trip, but he did restrict the number of people that could go on the trip to 66 plus the driver. So he did turn some people away because so many people wanted to go on this trip. So after a fun day at the theme park, they headed back to Kentucky. Now the bus that they used was a former school bus and then the church acquired it from the county school district, probably in a surplus sale or something like that. And they regularly maintained it. They had people at the church that were good at that kind of stuff maintaining it. And they also took it for regular checks. So it was said to be in good condition the day of the accident. The driver of the bus was John Pierman, and he was a part-time associate pastor of the church and a local court clerk. So like I said before, they spent the whole day at the park. So this was at night when everything happened. And most of the kids were asleep at this time. At around 10.55 p.m., they were headed south on Interstate 71 outside of Carrollton, Kentucky. And that's when the bus collided almost head-on with a black 1987 Toyota pickup truck, which was traveling the wrong way north in the southbound lanes at a high speed on a curved stretch of the highway. This truck was driven by Larry Wayne Mahoney, who was a 34-year-old factory worker from the area. He was driving while intoxicated. He had a blood alcohol level of 0.24% at the time of the crash. And around that time, the legal limit in Kentucky was 0.10. So that was significantly over the legal limit. And if you know anything about blood alcohol level, that's a very high number for that. He spent the evening drinking at a bar and then went to a friend's house to drink some more. 
And his friends were so worried about him driving home that they took his keys initially, but then they gave his keys back when he promised to go straight home. But he did not go straight home. He went to get more alcohol. Police would find a 12-pack of Miller Lite beer in his truck, and several cans were missing, so he had been drinking while he was driving, too. Now, no one on the bus was actually seriously injured by the actual collision of the two vehicles. But the impact of the collision created a fire to break out. The fuel tank was punctured, and then that ignited a fire. The driver tried to put it out with a fire extinguisher, and then that's when people tried to leave the bus. The kids tried to leave through the emergency door in the back. And then, of course, that was chaos. So you have this bus that was on fire, and then all these children are trying to escape through the back of the bus, which is the only safe way to exit at this point. And many children were not able to escape. Within four minutes, the entire bus was on fire, and no one could exit. Sadly, 27 people on board died, including the driver. Another 34 were injured, and six passengers were able to escape without serious injury. The owner of the pickup that was driving the other car, Larry Mahoney, he sustained injuries from the collision, but he did not die. And another sad fact about this case is the coroner later found that no one that was facing the exit door died from their injuries. They all died from the fire and the smoke. So the people that did survive the crash, one person's leg had to be amputated and 10 others suffered disfiguring burns. So only six did not have any physical injuries, but of course they had a lot of emotional injuries because this was such a horrific thing to happen to them. Of course there was an investigation into this and the problem was determined to be that the driver of the pickup truck going in the wrong direction under the influence of alcohol caused this, but also there was a problem with the bus. Bus's fuel tank was unprotected and the seat covers were made of mostly flammable material and a rear exit was partially blocked by a few seats. And this led to changes in how more modern school buses were designed. And of course, this also led to stricter punishments for drunk driving that we know now. The driver, Mahoney, had been arrested before for driving under the influence. He was fined $300 and his license was suspended for six months. And he woke up in the hospital the next day and had no memory of the collision and had to learn about that. He was indicted on July 23, 1988 on 27 counts of murder. He pled not guilty and was released on bail on December 21, 1989. He was found guilty of all charges and he was sentenced to prison of 16 years, he was convicted of 27 counts of manslaughter in the second degree, 16 counts of assault in the second degree, and 27 counts of endangerment in the first degree. While in prison, he was in a medium security facility and he earned his GED 
and attended Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. He was said to be a good prisoner, and he was able to reduce his time. He received parole on September 1st, 1999, after serving nine and a half years in prison. He has refused to speak to the media or anyone about what happened. And from all the accounts that I have seen, he lives a quiet life in Owen, Kentucky, which is about 10 miles from where everything happened, and does not speak to media. Now, if any good came of this, it is the fact that stricter drunk driving laws were in place after this. This case really brought attention to driving under the influence. One of the victim's mother actually became the national president for Mothers Against Drunk Driving, or MAD. And some of the other victims' mothers became spokespersons for it. After this, the state of Kentucky made tougher DUI laws. It would look back into 10 years into the criminal history of DUI offenders. And Mahoney had a previous DUI, but it couldn't be used against him in trial. And that is something that could be used against someone like that now. And they also changed the blood alcohol legal limit to 0.08, which is what it is in most states now, I believe. And now Kentucky and a lot of other states require an ignition interlock system where drivers have to prove that they are not under the influence before they start their vehicle. It's like a breathalyzer thing you have to blow into. So that was the Carrollton bus collision. If anything good did come from that, it was the stricter laws against driving under the influence and the changes that were made to school buses since then. But sadly, so many lives were changed after this. The children who were not able to grow up, the children who were severely injured or emotionally traumatized, the families of the children, the families of the adults. It's just such a sad story overall. And to think this was all caused by one person and the terrible choices that he made that night is just so terrible. And hopefully we will never see anything like this again. Thank you so much for listening to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. If you could take a second, please rate, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps out the show and it helps others find the show. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate it and I appreciate each and every one of you. If you would like to follow me on Instagram, you can do that, True Crime Works. And if you have any ideas for upcoming cases, you can either email me, truecrimeworks at gmail.com, or just send me a message on Instagram. All right, look forward to talking to you next week.